Hello, everyone. Hope everyone had a great week, and I uh, thank you for joining me again on this Monday or whenever you're tuning in. Uh, this week's been wild for me. I've been so swamped. It's uh, it's been hard to even catch my breath. Usually, I record these midweek and then uh, finish them up on the weekend and then send them out Monday. Uh, this week, I, I've been so busy that I I actually am recording this right before Halloween trick or treating goes on. Uh, it's, it's Sunday and it feels weird. I'm, I'm in the shop recording this and instead of getting into it, uh, I'm, I'm sipping on coffee. It, uh, I kind of like the change. It's, it's a lot cooler. I had to run the heat this morning, but, uh, nonetheless, we, uh, we are going to get into it and, uh, break down what this week has been like. Uh, as I said, I've, I've been crazy busy this week. I took my, uh, firearms course this week with a couple friends and that really ate into a lot of my free time. Uh, we don't really have much of a plan today. We're just going to touch base on our social climate and, and obviously our politics. And uh, just kind of cover a couple things. Uh, it's probably going to be a shorter episode. Um, talking about episodes, next week we're actually recording a follow-up to the Lines episode. Our, our moral and ethical lines. We're, we're having a guest come in and we're going to uh, kind of hold her to the fire. We're going to see, uh, this is somebody I, I truly respect, but uh, we don't necessarily agree on everything. So I, I'm really looking forward to that conversation. Uh, hopefully she will still be my friend when it's all said and done. <laughs> um, but yeah, this week in culture and politics, uh, as I've kind of highlighted in, in the last couple episodes, I think we're either in the the tipping point or we're approaching the tipping point with regards to the mandates. Uh, you've seen Quebec now, which has been one of the more heavy-handed provinces. They have now pushed their uh, health care mandate uh, for vaccination. They've pushed it to the end of November now. And I think you're probably going to see that push again. Uh, the farther we can kick the can, I think it, it's only going to play into our favor. Um, but keep in mind, the Quebec has a very familiar knowledge with what it, the toll of of short-staffed healthcare really takes. They got ravaged by the legitimate first wave when they didn't have support staff, and it was a, a real difficulty. So I think maybe once bitten, twice shy, uh, they are a little slower to try and push people to a decision that, that could end up pushing people out of the profession temporarily. Um, and then in Ontario, you just last week, we voted on C-12 in the Ontario legislature, and that got struck down. Uh, I was actually a little disappointed by how few people voted. Um, even some pretty influential people did not vote. Um, such as Randy Hillier. Um, I don't know the circumstances. I, I won't immediately place any, any speculation on that. Perhaps he's having difficulty even getting into the, to vote. Um, but yeah, I, it was a very small number of MPs that even voted MPPs, sorry, um, that even voted on that bill. Nonetheless, it was struck down and, and the vote was not whipped from the PC party. Uh, that was truly shocking, but but that that bill was to mandate uh, in the education and healthcare fields provincially. So, despite the fact we are fighting 
individual mandates from companies, uh, we are not fighting the government at this moment. Uh, I think it's kind of by design. They've they've definitely been pushing this through the private sector rather than the government side, uh, and and that's definitely to optics make it make it look less authoritarian, less heavy-handed. Um, certainly, in the absence of actually taking action to save people's livelihoods and and well-being, I, I say that in this terms of, of stress has been a real big impact for a lot of people that are in this battle. But uh, nonetheless, we are seeing some light. It, it's culture is kind of shifting, and people are are getting slowly and slowly more and more fed up. But uh, we'll see where it where it heads and what comes next. Uh, I I certainly think that the next month or two you're gonna you're gonna see them. They're they're they keep playing chicken is what's what's basically happening. Um, and now that a lot of these places have shifted the dates for the mandate implementation, it kind of shows their hand. Uh, so if if you're playing that battle and and you're you find yourself playing chicken with these mandates. Uh, I don't think it's going to hold up too much longer. Uh, and I think they know it too, which is kind of why we see it shifting. Um, at least in the sense of Im- implementing the mandates. Uh, I know some people haven't been as lucky. I know some places kept their hard lines and, and here in London, even, uh, London Health Science Center has let go of 84 approximately staff members that, that refused to participate in the mandate. Uh, and you may look at that and think that that's in the grand scheme of their employers, employees. It may seem like a small number, but you've got 84 nurses, doctors, support staff that aren't caring for people. And then it gets to the point where it, it really is a manufactured crisis. When you're taking steps that actively hinder your ability to care for people in the midst of a quote-unquote emergency... It's uh, it's not a good thing. You're, you, it has a real toll on quality of care, and and that translates to loss of life eventually. Um, it's just it's insane to me, and all of this in the absence of testing. because uh, sure you can you can claim that there's a risk if you're not vaccinated, though as the science develops, we understand that that's not necessarily the case. Uh, it doesn't stop transmission or infection. But even if that is your threshold, then uh, sure, we can we can provide testing to ensure that anyone that, for whatever reason, doesn't want to do this, we can ensure that they are not a risk to anyone else. Uh, I would go further. The default should be that we would assume people are not a risk unless they have symptoms. Um, like myself, I, I don't go shopping with a mask on usually, um, and I, I am subject to testing twice a week. Uh, in respect of my exemption. But the last day or two, I've, I've had a bit of a cough, and uh, I have since then had testing for work. Uh, I, I do not have COVID-19. But nonetheless, in a situation where I have some symptoms, I, I wear my mask to the store because, again, I'm not an unreasonable person. I'm not going to actively put anyone at risk, but the default really should be if, if you have no symptoms it is not scientifically honest to consider you are likely going to kill grandma. It's just not true. And it's 
a bit of a bastardization of society we've gotten to this point. Uh, and it's, yeah, it just boggles my mind. But at the same time, I'm not, I'm not flagrantly being disrespectful. I will take precaution where it's due. Um, but yeah, back to the light shining through. We've actually seen Doug Ford finally announce a pathway to exit. For the first time in two years, we have a roadmap with an off-ramp. Um, I certainly don't take too much solace in it. Uh, his word is worth about a piece of toilet paper. Uh, maybe not a piece of toilet paper two years ago. But uh, today, he's a word is not worth anything. And uh, I certainly expect that to be kicked down the road further. But nonetheless, it is a step in the right direction. We have a date tentatively or indication of a direction where we will lose the emergency powers and the masking and everything. Uh, we're actually starting to roll into that now where they've lifted occupancy limits based on vaccination rate, which again, it, it simply just supports segregation. But following their schedule, it, they do have a point where they're lifting those too. Uh, and that's where history hopefully can kick in and we can kind of look back at this and realize the mistakes we've made. Um, but again, you got you to gotta take the, the hope and the light where it is and understand that for the first time we've we've got an exit path hopefully and uh again i we need to take the context of the situation it's we're heading into a provincial election cycle there's there's a, a clear and present incentive for him to pander to the side that is a growingly larger and larger majority uh so if he doesn't address the alienation and the segregation of the really active and upset people, uh, myself included, he's going to have a tough time. And I, I truly hope that, and it seems like it's true, is that they are taking this into account. Because despite my issues with Doug Ford, and they are plentiful, uh, I certainly don't necessarily think that a liberal government is a healthier answer to that. Uh, I don't think I'll be voting Doug Ford. Um, I, I likely will be involved with the new blue campaign. I, again, more of my values line up, but pragmatically speaking it, if he can get his head on his shoulders and avoid a liberal government, I think that would be a compromise that I could live with. And one last piece of silver lining in here in Ontario again, uh, for the first time in two years, our, our health minister, uh, Dr. Moore has actively acknowledged the existence of natural immunity. Uh, it, it's wild to be at this point where we are, and he's just now acknowledging natural immunity, um, which has always been a, something we should have talked about to balance our approach. Um, certainly, at the start of this, when people wanted vaccines, and you didn't have clear direction on how to get the best impact... We certainly didn't need to be vaccinating people that had had it. Uh, natural immunity is a thing. And when you're hard up for vaccinate, vaccines, you, you need to take that into account to, to triage where you're giving doses. And on the other side of that, when you are pushing for vaccine mandates, you, you also need to take into account legitimate concerns people might have about, hey, I, I've beat this. I don't need protection from something I already had. Um, you don't see them giving 
16 year olds chicken pox shots because they've already had chicken pox. Um, let alone their participation in society be contingent on that. So, again, I, I see a whole lot of holes in, in the ceiling of this, and light is starting to come through um, from a, a handful of different directions, and I think that's, that's great news. I, uh, I always like to see the, the light and the, the goodness in the despair and the, the challenging situations. It's been a heavy one. But nonetheless, we are making our way. So as I've kind of set out um, from the start, it's been a, a wild week. I uh, have not had time to prepare for a show this week at all. Um, however, I, I enjoy doing this. It's a, it's a bit of a fun thing to just kind of sit down and, and kind of vocalize my thoughts for the week. Um and, and just touch on society. I like doing our check-ins. And I, I didn't want to leave this week without doing an episode. Um, it's it's funny. I, I've got a, a decent amount of people that kind of check in every week. And I, it's it's become a community. And I, I almost feel bad at the concept of, of not checking in or missing one. Um, so I really didn't have a plan. But I figured we'll, we'll talk a little about... I know I've touched on the fact in today's society, manliness and, and the traditional man is not only missing, but it's it's vilified. Um, and, and I just figure we'll touch on that. So a little about me. Um, we like to keep this show anonymous, more so for the fact that I, I feel it lends to the ability to have conversations without fear of cancel culture or crazy leftists coming for your livelihood or your your anything. Like the famous Oscar Wilde quote, give a man a mask and he'll tell you the truth. Uh, that is, is a, an ethos I, I value. And in today's society, where tough conversations are so important, but they're so hard to find... I just wanted to create an environment where both myself and my guests can can have honest conversations that speak to the heart and the truth of their feelings in today's culture uh, without the fear and, and to have truly honest, unfiltered conversations. Um, certainly, I'm not going to give a platform to anything hateful, um, but I will have conversations that that people don't think they can have. Uh, and it's, it's those conversations I really want to have. Uh, those of you that do know who I am and, and who I, I am as a person, uh, you, you know, I don't bite my tongue publicly anyway. Uh, and I certainly don't have any controversial views in terms of hatefulness. Uh, I, I have politically controversial views to some, but that becomes your problem. Uh, your politics are clearly wrong in that situation. But uh, yeah, about me, uh, traditional manliness and such, uh, I've been through a ton. Uh, everyone's got their own story. Everyone's got a heartbreak to tell. But uh, in the story of me, uh, what has made me who I am and where I've gotten today, uh, I, and this, I always laugh. Whenever I hear people talk of, for example, white privilege, 
because I don't, I don't see it as such. And that's a whole nother conversation, but I, I see the, in the disparity in, in wealth being a large difference in a lot of socioeconomic issues. Um, but to that extent, I, I spent a, a good portion of my childhood in some of the lowest income ghettos and, and communities that are just so abandoned uh, that it, it's, I, I am the comeback story. Uh, and I have two brothers that uh, the three of us together really span the spectrum of possible outcomes. Uh, I fortunately uh, made the best out of every situation I was given and I have found myself at a, at a good spot in life. Um, I have another brother who kind of made it through the middle. He struggles with some problems, uh, certainly not doing as well as he'd like to financially, but he's got a career and he's, he's doing his thing. And then I've got another brother who's in and out of jail. Uh, he did not escape the trap of the socioeconomic stifling. Uh, and it, it has honestly claimed him. Uh, he, he's my brother by blood only. Uh, we've never really connected. And, and at this point we won't, uh, he struggles with methamphetamine, uh, assault weapons, uh, as bad as it gets, it's, it's, that's where it's at. Uh, I am a product of a runaway father and a drug addict mother. Uh, I've never met my father in my life. Uh, my mother died in her fifties, uh, after a lifetime of drug abuse. I, uh, coming from that, you really did. I see it, um, as you really have two options, much like having an alcoholic parent, uh, you either become it or it becomes the motivation to drive you in spite of it. And for me, that was clear and present. I, uh, I am the person I am because I didn't want to be what I saw and, and what I had given to me. And that's why I think that's why I'm the eternal optimist. And I always have the hope is because I've seen how dark it can get. And, and I, it just seems to work out. And, and maybe that has a lot to do with my faith, uh, or just the fact, the power of manifestation. I, uh, I refuse to accept the bad in anything. And, uh, I internally see the plus side. Uh, and I do, I do believe it's probably a, co a combination of a few things. Certainly I place a lot of my prosperity and my ability to overcome in my faith, but as well, I, I, manifestation is, is so critical. Uh, if you accept defeat before you've been defeated, you, you merely guarantee your defeat. So if, if you go into something thinking you're going to lose, you, you certainly haven't even laid out a chance for you to win. So that's kind of where I came from uh, and, and where I've kind of headed. I'm, uh, I'm happily a middle-class person today. Uh, we'll see if Justin Trudeau lets me maintain my middle class. Um, but yeah, and I'm comfy there. I don't need to be extremely wealthy to, to feel satisfied in life. I, I derive more of my values from my impact on society. Uh, I want to leave a better world and I want to try and make a difference. And I, I don't want to do that in just grumbling and complaining. Like this is why I started this is I, we desperately need conversations. So I started this 
to do that. I'm, I'm not just going to complain and say we need something. I'm going to do something. And maybe through this, I encourage somebody else to take control of something. It doesn't have to be politics. It doesn't have to be society. If you just take control of your own life and, and make it better one degree at a time, life is truly a game of averages. You can fail four out of 10 times. And as long as your averages are slowly in the right direction, much like investing, you can take a ton of losses, but if your average stays above zero, then guess what? You're making progress. It might not feel like it. You might have those days where you get completely lost, and but then you might have days where you just strike it out of the park. Uh, as long as your average stays above zero, you are moving in the right direction. And and the, again, to, to equate life with accounting, it is, it is just the law of averages and compound interest. If you get a plus one this week, a plus one next week, and then a plus one the week after, it starts to add up on itself and it becomes this snowball that it's a lot harder to stop. But, but sitting in this darkness of acceptance, this is where I equate it to society today. I just, I refuse to accept this is what it is. I will, if only in my circle, make it better and, and have a real impact. That means I leave this world someday having made my circle a little bigger. And that will compound. And that's the only way we get this train back on the tracks long term. I, I want to stop where we're going short term. But long term, you need a culture shift. And that culture shift isn't a culture of, that I wish to pass down of abandoning fathers, of vilifying fathers of of taking traditional masculinity and calling it toxic certainly there are things in the past that that we can do differently in terms say toxic masculinity and, and traditional manliness there they didn't get everything right with that but i can tell you from what i've seen today the trajectory we're on has more wrong than right and when you're working on a law of averages that becomes a problem and when I see a problem, I can't ignore it. I can't, I can't acknowledge the problem and do nothing about it. So we're having conversations. And in a world where you've got mass acceptance in, in the favor of feelings, um, it's just, it's crazy that we can't have these conversations. I, uh, yeah, it, it gives me great fear to have kids in this world, yet also hope in the fact that by identifying the problems, you can take a hold of them and hopefully impact them. So when I say what it is to be a man in today's society, what do I mean? Um, for starters, this culture of pacificity, and, and obviously in Canada, it's magnified a couple times over just because we're a pacifist country, truly. And, and I... <laughs> I think we're coming to a point where people are going to have to reckon with that. But just because people get offended or you might rock the boat does not oblige you to just let things go. If you have convictions, as long as you're respectful and constructive, there is nothing wrong with holding those convictions. In fact, I, I would go as far to, to say that the lack of conviction is really 
a, a critical part missing in today's concept of, of manliness. Uh, even if you're not right on all of them, uh, we're just so milk toast. Society in general, but but today's men, it's so lackluster and so in the middle. Like, have convictions. Uh, stand for what you believe in, rather than kind of just get swayed by social pressure. Uh, you've got... Look at modern music videos, and I, I the more I like go into this, and the more I think of this, I really feel myself becoming my grandfather, and that's that's <laughs> quite the thing to have to grapple with. But nonetheless, it's just so few people lack any amount of conviction at all. That and and again, we we go back into my previous episode and next week's episode where we're talking about moral and ethical lines, and it's just they're missing. This is internal conversations people don't have anymore, um, and they're willing to sway with the winds of of whatever society's pushing these days. And I think that is a key component in what is missing in today's men is, is just conviction. What matters to you and how far will you go to protect that? Um, as we're coming up on Remembrance Day, I think this is a, a very key thing to remember. Um, and speaking of Remembrance Day, just a, a side note is as we approach November and uh, poppies are going to be out, uh, I would like to remind anybody if you're wearing a poppy and showing somebody your papers to get access to society, guess what? You need to take that poppy off. I don't care what you say, where you line up, but if you're wearing a poppy showing papers to get access to society, guess what? You missed the plot. I'm big mad at that concept. Um, it's one thing. You know what? Take it off. Leave it in the car. Go show your papers like a good citizen. Um, but don't claim to remember what they paid the price for and and what was gained and protected by the ultimate sacrifices and and then happily play along and show your papers again you can agree even with the fact we're living in a society where this is right this is socially responsible but guess what you can't you can't do it and remember the past it makes it makes a mockery of it it is so out of touch and disconnected that I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'm not one for creating public conflict. I will answer public conflict if it is brought to me. I won't go out of my way to become a Karen. Um, in that situation, I might. I'm not going to find myself in a situation where I'm presenting papers anyway. So society, you're safe. You're safe for the next little bit. I'm not going to be out in it. Um, but yeah, you can't wear a poppy and show your papers. Just can't be done. The mask, take it or leave it. Um, but yeah, that again, that's a hard line for me. But what we're missing is men that, that have conviction enough. And again, I, I'm not prescribing that my convictions are correct, morally, ethically, any of it. But you need to believe in something enough to stand for it. And it doesn't matter what you believe in. I, I have more in common with a devout Muslim than I do an ab an atheist that kind of just floats around new age, whatever, because you have conviction. And, and that is such a key component 
in what I think it means to be a decent human, but when we're talking in reference to traditional manliness, you have to be able to stand up for something. And and traditional women, I mean, you use that only you apply it to the family. You have these fierce mama bears that will do anything to protect their family. And as we're seeing the the shots are now being approved for five to eleven, um where are you gonna see people of conviction? If they mandate it for your kids, which fortunately for now it looks like that is off the table. But uh are you gonna see people of conviction? stand up and say, no, I'm not going to put my kids at risk because again, scientifically and quantifiably, there is a real risk to that. And the benefit is negligible at best. You're talking about a societal benefit versus an individual benefit. Um, and I'm sorry, but it is not my child's responsibility to bear the burden of society. It's not even my responsibility to bear the burden of society. But if, if you're going to try and push it, fine, push it on an adult that can pick, take their stand or fall on their own convictions. Um, but again, if, if they came for the kids, are the men, are there enough men, are there enough men that'll stand up on conviction and be like, no, um, I certainly think when they start coming for kids, if, if that gets to that point, um, you're going to see more people stand up and, and show some conviction. But ultimately it's, uh, I think that's so critical is to, to stand your line on, on your values, have values. We live in a society where honestly, I find most of the men in my, my circles, if they're married, they have conviction and they, they will stand for something. But I find the ones living in society. So once you get married, you're kind of in your own little bubble. You don't have as much interaction with the broader form of society. Um, but I find really the dating life, it seems to be the, the echo chamber I kind of keep referring to. And the men that are in that circle and, and sorry, there's a couple of my friends in this. Um, but they just, they just will, will mold to whatever narrative they think is appealing to, to the other gender. And it's just, it's wild to see. It's like five years ago, you, you had value and you stood for something and now, eh, whatever, like it, Maybe it's just paired with my age that the single people in in my life are uh, a little more defeated, perhaps. But uh, you see it anywhere with society. You've got uh, people that are not in the community adding pronouns to their profiles. And fine, you're... Ultimately, it is a virtue signal. If you're not in the community, it doesn't actually apply to you. It is a virtue signal in quote-unquote solidarity, uh, which largely means nothing if you're not taking action or doing whatever else to actually substantiate benefit. Um, again, I have my moral disagreements with some of that stuff, um, but again, I'm not looking to disrespect anyone. I don't have to go out of my way to virtue signal, um, but again, it, it comes down to the, the fact it's we live in a society where it's better to look good than to actually do something or stand on it. Because um, I can tell you now, uh, many, many people I know that put uh, pronouns in their profile, they put the black power fist in their profile, and, and all of these other performative gestures, they don't stand for anything. 
Push comes to shove, rubber hits the road, and it's no longer trendy. They're not standing for it. The same people that put black power fists in the air for for the protests of 2020, they're the same people that are, papers please, uh, knowing full well that the African-American communities are disproportionately unvaccinated. Um, so again, save the performance and stand for something. Uh, it's funny that I was trying to find a way to put that into a, a piece and just going on a rant, I find a way to fit the puzzle piece in. But that, that really does sum it up is, is the difference between performance and, and actual value. The same people that shook their fists and took their knees when it was popular don't say anything about the, the racial aspects of vaccine passports. And again, I don't think it's a race-based implementation, but there's no question it is disproportionately affecting that community. And again, I, I can align easy with that because I'm in the group that's being affected. And it, the irony is, it, it's, it's thick. When you see people cheering on segregation, that actually disproportionately affects the people they claim to stand with. Um, it's, it's just wild. Um, it, it really frustrates me. Or uh, like my friend said last episode, uh, where you've got land acknowledgments... Okay, are you, you, you acknowledge it, are you going to give it back? No, it's, it's just virtue. You don't, and you don't have to stand for every cause. You don't have to stand for pronouns. You don't have to stand for racial injustice and reckoning with that. You don't have to stand with land acknowledgements. But if you do, do it. Don't, don't just half-ass do it, because that is what society says is good right now. Um, again, history will not look back at any of you guys favorably for being so milquetoast. Um, I, I really have been following a lot of stoic writings lately, and it's it's quite an appealing concept of just being outside of the times and, and just being okay with that. And perhaps that's where we're at. It's going to be an individual... And I mean, like, we've touched on it here before... Where we talk about, yeah, we're, we're just going to have to create systems outside of society. Uh, whether it's a byproduct of authoritarianism, where you saw the speakeasies pop up and, and stuff like that. Or whether it's a stoic aspect where I, you just have to be outside the system. It's, the system does not have your best interests at heart. But in a society where we're being more and more corralled by the government and more and more led by culture to be a, to be a man and quote unquote is to, to kind of blaze your own trail regardless of where they're trying to lead you. You do what you feel is right for you based on whatever moral or ethical compass you use. For me, I follow, I follow Christ. I, uh, I am a Christian and, uh, definitely right of center and I am a I am accumulation of the things that have happened to me and uh, that's okay I don't need your validation for it I don't need anyone's validation for it and I don't need to apologize for it and the sooner more people can disconnect from society in that way and just do the right thing because it's right I think that solves a lot of the issues 
with the common man. Uh, I certainly don't have all the issues, and this has been a bit of a rant. So I thank you for joining me on uh, just a, a random rant and coffee. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this is a great way to start my week. Hopefully yours too. Uh, like I said, look for the light. Uh, and, and then if there is no light, be the light. Uh, and hopefully I can do that and you all can do the same thing. And in collection, in it all together, we can shine a light bright enough to change somebody's life. Um, cause Lord knows we need it. Um, but yeah, there's, there is light coming on every front. I see, uh, I see a populist resurgence coming. I see directions turning back to the traditional, traditional values. Uh, I see culture being corrected slowly, but we're not there yet. And it's going to take everyone to participate and, and get us to balance. I certainly, and I, and I say this, I, I've said it many times privately in conversations is, um, yeah, I, I, I welcome a counter swing to the, to radical left climate we've got, but don't get me wrong. I'm just as afraid of counter swinging too far the other way. Uh, and, and that's a real risk. We don't want a handmaid's tale type scenario. Um, and you know what? The further left we go, the more possible a drastic right becomes, and that's no good either. And, and that's why we need to correct this pendulum before it, it gets too drastic. Um, but it's happening. It's happening slowly. We're getting there. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited for next week's episode. It, uh, it won't be rant style. We've got somebody coming in and we will have a healthy back and forth. Um, until next week, uh, stay well, everyone. <laughs>